Hello, hotties. Welcome to the weekly podcast for people craving a sense of connectedness, a dose of empathy, a glimpse of the way forward, and an opportunity to engage. What would you change if you had your very own coach? Someone who would tell you honestly and clearly how to meet your goals? What would you work on? Your business, your health, your relationship, personal growth, along with healthy relationships and community engagement is part of the Troika we promote here all the time. That's what you get to hear Kelly and me work on together in real time pretty much every week on this podcast. If you're listening to this, we're pretty sure you're interested in creating a fuller, more authentic life. Or maybe you just like listening to us as we muddle around and through that process. <laughs> the new year is when most of us take time to evaluate how we're doing and resolve to do better. And you know, uh, better than what? I know, right? I got, I got big bones to pick around better, happiness, all of these things that we measure ourselves against and they end up making us unhappy. But anyway. Right. I've fallen into that trap. If you're like me, I've fallen into the happiness trap. I've fallen into we the better all trap. do. Yep. And, you know, if you're like me, you've designed your own life-changing program over and over again and tried to gut it out until at least mid-February before backsliding or giving up outright. Yeah. How many times? I've lost the same 30 pounds <laughs> literally four separate times. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's really painful and disheartening to, to attempt to create change, to attempt to uh, make things better and to fail. But sometimes we do, we beat, sometimes we beat the odds and quote unquote, make major changes. Mm -hmm. And what, in my experience, it's more like changes evolve and occur. Changes happen, changes happen. whether we make them yeah. or not. Yeah. <clears throat> but it does, it does take some attention. It does, it's not just, it's, you know, it's not some sort of automatic process. And is there a key, you know, is there a trick to, to starting that process off? And maybe a coach. Be a part of that process. The coach certainly could help. So this week we talk with not one but two professional coaches. Friend of the pod Tom Check is back with us, and our new friend Ken Kilday joins us to help unpack what coaching is and isn't, and we explore together the nature of change. Ken Kilday has over 20 years experience in corporate leadership and that gives him a really rich background to draw from. You can check out his, his bona fides and all of his background in the show notes. His defining insight though is that people and relationship are what makes teams and businesses, no matter the size, capable of thriving and adapting. Ken now coaches corporate teams, small businesses and entrepreneurs to help them get what they want from their business. Tom Check has been a network admin, a rambling photographer, a nonprofit leader, and he now runs a thriving coaching business called Choice Coaching. Tom has a set of communication and listening skills he uses to help individuals make decisions and cultivate changes in whatever area of life that is most important to them, whether it's quitting smoking, getting in shape, or sustaining their business. In this episode, we learn more about personal and business coaching how it differs from therapy, and how Tom and Ken both approach their respective practices. Then you get to sit in on an actual coaching session as these two smarties help Charles and me figure out some important ways we've been blocking ourselves. Each session only took about 10 minutes to get down to the nitty gritty. We were astonished and we're curious what you'll think. It's resolution season again. Should you get a coach? What can you do on your own to get where you want to go? 
What if you are ambivalent about growing and changing? What if where you want to go is the couch with a bag of Doritos or holiday cookies, but you know you can do so much more? Listen in as we confront these questions and more on the Here Together podcast. All right, the tape is rolling. Check. Caffeine at optimal levels. Check. The cats are secured. Uh, I don't think they've been fighting. That's good. That is good. It's progress. It's progress. And the microphones are hot. Check. We are here Here together. together. Welcome everybody to the Here Together podcast. I'm Charles Matthews. I'm Kelly Roberts. And we're here with Tom Check from way back in episode six. Tom was part was one of the original guests on this podcast, and he also showed back up to help co-host the anniversary party back in October. So welcome back, Tom. Thanks. It's great to be here. And we're joined by a new guest, Ken Kilday. Is am I pronouncing the last name correctly? You are. And I met Ken through a workshop that I did on uh, virtual communication, and, and mm-hmm. Ken reached out, and we had a fantastic conversation last week, and just kind of. I don't know, kind of uh, feel like we're, we're kicking off some sort of personal, professional, distanced relationship here in COVID times. It's, it's good to see you today. Yeah, thank you. I'm, I'm delighted to be here. Great. And we're going we're gonna to do some podcasting without a net. We're, we're going to try something new today. We invited Tom and Ken because they are personal and professional life coaches. And, and we need all the help we can get. And we need all the help we can get. And we know <laughs> that we know that, you know, that everybody out there is, is looking for ways to uh, survive and thrive and figure out ways to change or not change or do things, do things well, or just uh, do that personal growth, that, that self-actualization so that we can be in relationships so we, so we can be of service. And we're going to actually do a kind of a live group coaching session, which isn't really how coaching works. So it's a little inauthentic, but we're going to do that because we think it'll be fun. And we like, I like doing things in groups. I, I would never want to be uh, a one-on-one coach. I just get too distracted. I'm not, I'm not interested when I'm in a group. I'm really focused. So this works for me and that's what it's all about. Right. Um, but before we get started, um, just kind of curious for you guys to answer kind of just some basic questions about coaching and kind of, I'm curious to see how you all bounce off one another, but how would you describe what coaching is? How is it different from therapy? How is it different from sitting and having a cup of coffee with your bestie? You know, what <laughs> with is, your smartest friend. With your smartest <laughs> friend, right? Right. Yeah, Ken, you wanna you wanna take take first point on that one and I'll follow up? Sure. So how is it different from therapy? We'll start there. For one thing, uh, I have no background in therapy. <laughs> so that would be first and foremost. It would be a little scary if, um, you know, if somebody were to in a corporation were to invite me in to help solve a psychosis. Of a, <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> that, would, uh, that would be coaching without a net for sure. Um, here's what it is. And, and uh I think we're, we coach according to whatever our background and the lenses we look through and the experiences we've had and the things that have worked really well for me in business and all the times that I uh, skinned a knee or fell on my face. And now I come to coaching as an objective observer that can help bring some insight. I often use sports analogies because they work really well, golf in particular, because there's so many subtleties to it. Um, every 
person who plays professional golf has a swing coach. There's not a single person who plays at that level that doesn't have a swing coach, among other things. The point being that um, unless the coach is the one that says, Jane, your elbow is about a half inch too high. Jane is not going to know that. And that means Jane may not come in first place. And the difference between first and second place in any sort of tournament play is dramatic, 10x usually in prize money. So it's those sort of objective pieces of advice that a coach brings to the situation that is not, that's not psychotherapy. So a coach can see what you're doing and what you can be doing better. Is that fair? That's fair. And I would also add, uh, and is willing to say something about it, where other people out of care, concern and love for you may not want to say anything to you, whether that's a coworker that adores you, or a spouse who adores you, they, they can see what you're doing, but they don't want to hurt your feelings. Uh, a coach isn't worried about your comfort. He or she's worried about your safety. As long as you mm. feel safe, that's perfect. Comfort, you're just not going to be comfortable at a coaching relationship if it's done well. Mm. Ooh. Okay. I'm guessing Tom can relate to that. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of a lot of crossover. I think kind of the way that, that I view what I help people with is really um, half the time it's it's giving them a swift kick in the in the buttocks when they are not stepping up to themselves. And the other half of the time it's reminding them that that they've got that big person to step up to, that they, that they are a powerful, awesome human being. Um, and sometimes we forget that, right? We forget as we go through and we do all the work and we constantly try to improve ourselves, we forget that we're pretty dang awesome as we are. And so reminding people of that fact so that they can really enjoy the process of growth and change, I think is, is one of the, the most important aspects and one of the biggest differences between maybe a coach and a therapist. Because a lot of therapists that I'm familiar with, at least approach from kind of a, let's figure out how you're broken, right? So that mm -hmm. we can fix you point of view. And that's not certainly not to say that that's all therapists, but that's kind of the, the, the educational background that a lot of them receive and kind of their default programming. And, and I'm on the very opposite end of the spectrum. I'm like, great, you are, you are awesome. Let's figure out how to take some of the breaks off that you've been putting on. Um, so that's, that's how I view that difference, but it's, yeah, it's really, really similar. Like we, we hold you accountable for the stuff that you say you want to be held accountable for. And we're out here saying, hey, I noticed. I noticed this. Did you notice it? And teaching people what to start noticing, right? In the, in the analogy, it's helping them notice when is your elbow half an inch too high? And how can you tell that on your own eventually? Mm -hmm. I'm here to guide you and show you where the gap is now so that you can resolve that gap as you get better. So I'm not supposed to be in a coaching relationship for 25 years like I'm supposed to be in psychoanalysis for 25 years? I sincerely hope not. Yeah, I, <laughs> I, I rarely work with clients long term. Yeah. And so just to, to, to dive into that last bit a little bit, Tom, you know, because I know you, because we know you, we know that part of the reason that you started coaching was that you just have this habit of engaging in really deep conversations with like the barista or the, you know, whoever's delivering the package or the, whoever said hello to you and your dog, uh, you just didn't, you just kind of didn't have patience with shallow conversations and started having these really meaningful ones. And you were telling me that, that you, somebody was somebody, uh, uh, somebody was trying to sell you something. Yeah. It's somebody who called me that, uh, so I run a second <laughs> business. That's a totally different 
thing. It's it's database administration for small nonprofits. And he was trying to, to you know, look into partnership opportunities for me. And after half an hour, we ended up having a conversation about how he was becoming his father when he was putting his son to bed. And, and it was, it was a really like, it wasn't, I wasn't doing it to be funny. It was just a real conversation, right? It was this recognition that he had some work to do and he, for whatever reason, that was the work that he wanted to bring up when I started being authentic and vulnerable. And I see that a lot, right? Where, where, when I am willing to open the door by modeling people step through the door with me. Okay. And Ken, how did you get into coaching? Well, after I uh, decided I was going to leave my last corporate executive job, you know, in in most industries, once uh, once the announcements made, uh, headhunters come calling, and it was a moment of reflection. Um, you know, I there was a fork in the road, and I decided to take it, as Yogi Berra says. <laughs> it was actually my my husband who said, you know, well, what would you like to do, and. You know, I said whatever client says to me now, I don't know. <laughs> uh, and then we started digging a little deeper of, well, what is it about every role I've had? Is there a common thread somewhere in there? And I've had quite a few leadership roles. And the, the aspect of leadership I loved was people development. And I moved up in corporate America long enough and far enough to to prove my theory that if I focused on people, the relationships that people have with one another, what they're really good at, and if I can bring what they're really good at up to the surface and then also help them turn that genius in an effort to helping their teammates as well as clients, customers, members, that that the numbers happen. Like you can't, you can't have a team that works really well that's the rowing in the same direction, all those metaphors that when that happens, performance, the, the financial performance comes. So I proved that I proved that in more than one company and more than one team. I then turn that into a business and that's how I coach. I'm I'm very focused on on the human beings and the relationships. And that's why I tend to be industry agnostic because people will say, well, you know, do you um, you know, we produce widgets. Are you are you a widget expert? Um, I'm not a widget expert. Do you have people in your company? <laughs> yeah. Do you have a? Do you have to have someone that that they're your top performer, but they kind of rub people wrong? Yeah, yeah. A, a lot of companies have that, etc. So, as long as there are people in relationships, uh, um, there there are going to be needs for coaches. Tom made an outstanding point, which I think is absolutely essential to really good coaching, which is I got to show up too. It's not just you being uncomfortable. I have to be willing to get out on the skinny branch also, or you won't do it, right? The leader leaders lead, which means I got to look a little silly, not know some things, et cetera. Wow. So are people okay with you not always showing up as an expert? I mean, are the, are people okay with you making mistakes or being silly in the in the coaching relationship? Uh, if they're my ideal client, if there's somebody that that I'm their coach, they have no issue with it. If I'm not their coach, they're uncomfortable, and we likely part ways. Likely that surfaces in the first conversation we have. Gotcha. Gotcha. And you're okay with that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. 
And and Tom, you said you kind of said that the vulnerability was what kicked off the <laughs> the new coaching relationship with the the sales the sales guy. You know, my my experience is that there's there's kind of there's different levels of kind of being silly and and being vulnerable and like being real. Like I need to know the tools I use, of course, right? Like I if I'm stumbling through the same tool I use with somebody every time I go through it with them, like uh, that that's not going to inspire trust, and if I let them know the experience I'm having as I guide them through it, right? That experiential vulnerability, I think is really what people trust, right? It's what builds that sense of rapport and that sense of, of relatability of like, listen, I know this tool and I know how hard it is to go through it. And sometimes as you speak, I get confused about what's going on and I'm going to clarify that with you just so that we can be on the same page. And and they love the fact that like, I'm not going to walk in and have all the answers. So Tom, most of your uh, coaching relationships these days, is it mostly one-on-one? And it, I know that you you work with people who are, you know, trying to quit smoking or improve their relationship. Um, what 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 other kind of clients or, or work are you doing these days? Yeah, so most of most of my coaching work is one-on-one. Um, and, I you know, I work with a really wide range of people. I'd say most of the people that show up are probably you know, they fit into a couple of buckets. They're, they're small business owners a lot of times, not because I advertise specifically to that, or I say anything specifically about business ownership, but I think when you're at the top and you don't have a manual book because you're the owner of the business, like it gets lonely and it gets kind of challenging. And so, so the, the self-doubt tends to come up more in those spaces. Um, I work with, you know, I work with people everywhere from like uh, mid twenties to, to mid sixties, but most of them are going to be 40 and up. And that's, that's just because that's how, you know, a, that's where the disposable income comes in. Right. Um, and so it's always somebody who's got a little bit of expendable money. They're really looking for some meaningful personal growth and you kind of reach that developmental stage kind of a little bit mid to later on in, in your adult years. But other than that, like well, we, sp- we spend our thirties trying to be smarter than everybody else. And then I think kind of what, what Ken was talking about, it's like we get, I got I got to be 40 and looked around and be like, oh, I there's a shitload I don't know. And now I'm in now I'm in places of responsibility where I'm supposed to be in charge. Oh boy. And I tried to fake yeah, it. I, I tried to fake it for years. Totally. And that, and that think, didn't work. You know, for me, the interesting and, and the thing that I always have to, you know, keep in my mind, because it's easy as a coach to like fall into the thinking I've got the answers, right? And that I know who somebody is because of about how old they show up. And and just to remember that like people go through those developmental stages based on how complex their worlds are, not based on their age range. And that's why, you know, sometimes a 25-year-old be will be a great client for me. And sometimes I've got 60-year-olds that are way too immature to work with me. And it's just because that's the the level of complexity of their world determines how much growth they have to undergo. Mm-hmm. And so, Ken, what what is your coaching profile? It sounds like you're talking a lot about groups. Are you mostly doing uh, sort of team building and team coaching, or are you doing a lot of one on one work like Tom? I have a. It's broken up into this sort of roughly a third, a third, a third. The one on one work where I'm working with the business owner or an executive who runs a. It's like a. You know, they may as well be a business owner because they're responsible for a segment. Uh, and then I do team effectiveness work, you know, leader and their directs. And those are mostly small business owners, small to medium sized business owners. And then I also have some corporate work because I, I worked in corporate. So I made, a, I 
have a lot of relationships over 20 years of that where, you know, people hit ceilings. Uh, usually the people that are going to find me um, are and want to work with me are right around five or 10 years into a business because those are the inflection points where where they get to a point where the hard work that they're putting into it are not getting the results that they used to get. Uh, and the enthusiasm starts to wear off. Yes. Yeah. It's uh, to, to Charles's point of, you know, in, in my thirties, I had all the answers in my forties. I learned how to say no. So I'd have more room to say yes. And in my fifties, I've realized that I run out of information, but I never run out of questions. And that's, that's part of, of facilitating coaching is to ask enough questions to figure out if we're the right partnership to get some things done. And to, to Kelly, as I mentioned before, if, you know, three to seven questions in to get to the heart of what's, what's really bothering them. I've also, there's a, a small subset of partnerships, um, an early client came to me and they are in a partnership. And I thought, well, this will be my first partnership. <clears throat> they said, have you worked with partnerships before? I said, I haven't. So this will be, this will be fun for me too. If you're game, I'm game. Uh, I do use, you can see from my profile, I'm an EOS implementer as well. It's not the, it's not the first and only thing that I do. I use it as a framework for a lot of business owners as a skeleton, if they don't already have one, to get some structure around their, what they're doing, and then they can customize from there. So can I you, find, can you uh, tell us what EOS stands for? Entrepreneurial Operating System. It's it's a complete system for operating a business based on the book Traction by Gina Wickman. And what drew me to it was something Gino said out of the gate, which is if you already have a system, don't switch, just use your system. <laughs> I use your tools. It's a tool in the toolbox to, to build on what Tom was saying earlier. We all have a collection of tools and it's, it's not my, you know, my hammer is better than Tom's hammer. It's how, uh, how can we help you use our tools and yours more effectively to get what you want out of your business? Um, the thing that, that I think presents that, that resonates when, when Tom speaks is it's that human connection component. Anytime somebody says, well, you know, it's not personal, it's business. Well, you know what? Corporations for, for 20 years now have been trying to crack that code of we want people to bring their whole self to work. And then they're irritated when there's a sick child or a sick parent and right, we need to create some flexibility. Well, either we want the whole person or we don't. Uh, yeah. But, you know, Tom, Tom made a really good point earlier. A lot of times, especially in small businesses, small business owners, especially if they've been an entrepreneur either forever or for a while, they really don't realize just how good they are. They don't understand that, you know, corporations are where a lot of mediocre people can hide out for a very long time, their whole career if they want. Whereas in small businesses, especially the one who's who owns the business, they're pretty damn good. And you have to be right. Otherwise, you're yeah, not still in business. Exactly. Yeah. Market forces, you know, you can be mediocre for a career in a large corporation and never have a financial consequence. There's just a lot, a lot of room for error, but for small businesses, there just isn't that kind of room for error. So they're better leaders. They find better people and they keep them. 
and they get a lot of things right, even though they're a lot harder on themselves for sure about wanting to be better or holding themselves to a, a almost a perfection standard. Well, I can imagine in the scale of a small business, any error is more glaring. Just like people can hide out in a corporate structure, errors can hide out in a corporate structure. So, and when it's your bottom line and you make a mistake, it's probably terrifying as well as really obvious. I don't think we have to speculate, Kelly. We are entrepreneurs. Oh, yeah. That's right. <laughs> yeah, it's terrifying. It's terrifying. Uh, Tom, any, any thoughts on what Ken's been saying? You've just been smiling over there behind the camera. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all good stuff, right? It's like, I love it because, you know, Ken, you obviously focus more on the, on the business side of stuff, but we're coaching humans regardless of whether they're, they're trying to be a better team leader, whether they're trying to learn how to be a manager for the first time or whether they're trying to, to do behavior modification for something that's going on at home. Um, you know, humans are humans. And I think you said it really, really beautifully in the beginning of like the way that, that you are with others really does determine the success. Um, and I, you know, I think even before that, the way that somebody is with themselves mm -hmm. uh, determines how effectively they can connect with others. Um, and I think so that that's what's, that's, what's going on in my brain over here. I, you know, I'm nodding and smiling because he's saying all this, all the right stuff. Cause it's yeah. all the, it's all, it's all humans. Yay. Humans. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I'm thinking about, you know, just as you said, Tom, I'm thinking about parents and, and partners, you know, Ken, when you were saying, you know, as a, as a boss, you need to be able to say, you know what, I'm just really crabby today and, and have that be okay. And I've, I learned to do that in my relationship with Kelly rather than trying to be somebody that I wasn't in that moment to just learn to be like, man, I'm just totally crabby. I'm so mm -hmm. sorry. I've been crabby all day. Usually she's like, Oh really? Have you yeah. been? Cause she's oh. an only, cause she's an only child and she doesn't really pay attention. Cause I'm, are you saying I'm self-absorbed? <laughs> <laughs> but I feel better because then yeah. I, it doesn't matter. Like if it, if it's not been affecting Kelly, that's great. But now I can stop putting so much energy into trying to be happier Right. And you're also More not relaxed. having to manage my feelings. If you just tell me where you're at, yeah, then I'm like, then I'm back in charge of my feelings. Uh, and, and that burden is taken off of you. Yeah. It's, yeah. It takes practice, right? It takes oh, practice yeah. to even recognize like, oh, what am I feeling? Oh, I'm grumpy. Right. Oh, right. What, what is the problem here? Oh, it's this person said something that goes against my values. Like that even just that really basic noticing takes a fair bit of practice, whether it's in the professional or the personal world. Right. Or I just need to eat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I really appreciate you guys kind of giving us an introduction to, to coaching in general and to your, your individual approaches to it. And I think both Kelly and I are smiling because as you know, as Kelly said, Oh, humans, um, that it, that it comes down to this really human basis. Anyway, so I'm, I'm, I feel very safe in this call. I don't feel afraid. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I feel very safe with these four people. And uh, we'll be right back with part two of this podcast where we're going to get coached. Get messy. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. Thanks for listening to this episode. We really hope you are enjoying and learning. If you like this kind of conversation about change and personal growth, Check out episode six, Coaching and Community Weaving with Tom Check, or episode 48, How to Question Everything with Mary Hodges. We'll put direct links to those episodes in the show notes. 
We also want to put in a plug for another podcast we produce. If you have kids or are interested in education and how teachers are doing their critical job in the pandemic. No small task. Yeah, check out the Prescott Unified podcast. In the most recent episode, I interviewed five elementary school educators to learn how they are adopting 21st century curriculum to the distance learning environment. We also explore the importance of relationships and socio-emotional learning to teaching and the new classroom. It's a fun episode that includes a live demonstration of good things a component of the SEL curriculum that keeps kids positive and engaged. Stay tuned to the very end of that episode to hear what good things were happening in the lives of each of those teachers. We 100% believe in podcasting and its power to highlight fascinating conversations like that and important ideas. There's a link to the PUSD podcast in the show notes. Now back to part two, wherein your hosts open up under the expert touch of our guest coaches. Witness progress and growth occur right before your ears. All right, welcome back, everybody, to the Here Together podcast. We're going to start this coaching session so fast. How, how would you guys want us to start? It's your turn to go first. <laughs> ah, fair enough. No yeah, you know this is such an interesting and kind of uh you know we'll just throw this out in in the in this for the sake of transparency like this is not the way most coaching happens um a if i've got a co-collaborating coach i've probably met them before and we probably <laughs> yeah we probably are, are pretty in line as far as the tools we use and the you know at least the demographics and the targets that we're working with so this is going to be an interesting situation and and with that said, like, yeah, let's have fun. I don't know. Bring bring whatever you got and, and we'll see where we get to. As long as it's fun and it's real, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's going to it's going to be useful. And Kelly and I will probably be OK no matter what the two. Yeah, do you to guys us. aren't going to break us. <laughs> it turns out you're pretty resilient. I'm yeah. pretty resilient. Yeah. So, Tom, what would what do you what do you want to do with us? What would you uh, say? What would you say? Who's who? Who am I coaching? First yeah, off, yeah, we haven't given him anything to work with. We're a couple, so yeah, so uh, we're a couple of uh, entrepreneurs who happen to be married. This is a side gig for Kelly. We run three to four different businesses, depend on depending on how you count. We have a, a podcast, a podcast production company. Uh, I am branching out into speaking and workshop facilitation, which I've actually been doing for. 30 years, but I'm actually turning that into a business. And then Kelly does uh, fantastic art and graphic design, in addition to her full-time job um, working with the county. So we're looking to look at this new year coming and make some some real success. We want to see, well, I want to see, I think we agree on this, but I want to see our main podcast, this one, the Here Together podcast. I want to see it reach, you know, 10 times more people than it's reaching. No, more than that. More than that. Yeah. Like somewhere between 20 and 30 times more people than it's reaching um, this time next year. Uh, I want to be able to use my, you know, powerful and authentic words and facilitation in as many different, with as many different groups as possible. And what the long-term goal is to, have uh not it's not actually not that long term a couple of years to have you know to be able to measure 15,000 positive touches on people which includes podcast downloads which includes workshop facilitation which includes social um, media social media which yeah. includes um uh speaking audiences keynote audiences that kind of stuff 
Okay. Well, what I'm going to say is because because what I'm hearing from from you, Charles, is a fair bit of kind of business oriented stuff. I'm, I'm maybe I'll just let Ken take you, and I'll take Kelly for a bit. How does that sound? <laughs> Divide and conquer. Yeah. Well, because you're these you're these two whole humans who are interacting in the same space, right? And I always start from from that idea that like being okay with yourself and understanding yourself is is step one to really being first off in a relationship, let alone in business with somebody else. That is so. I true. think that's good. We'll, like a, we'll, like put, okay we'll, we'll put put all my we'll put all my ambitions on hold then. Well, I mean, <laughs> I'm just I'm saving you for the good stuff when yeah, Ken's ready great. and fired up. Great, great, great. <laughs> So Kelly, I'm I'm really curious. What do you hope to get out of a short talk with a coach? Well, here's the thing. I, you know, I love the vision that Charles just talked about. And I agree. And at the same time, I'm exhausted. I know part of that is about my diet. Um, I was really struggling with depression, but now I've got meds. And so at least my mood is better. I don't feel depressed anymore, but I still feel tired and I just I don't feel motivated at all to do anything more than just what's right in front of me, like the bare minimum. I can't get motivated to make like the diet and exercise changes that I need in order to have the energy to do the business stuff that we want to do. And frankly, I just, I don't even want to. And I'm guessing that uh, I, you know, I'm guessing that a fair percentage of our audience is fired up and involved and amazing people. And I'm guessing some I'm not the only one who feels like I just can't even think about a New Year's resolution or, you know, finding that solid ground to to make the first step towards change. So I'm really I love that you bring up like not, you know, you do hold, you know, that same vision of success as Charles and man, that that exhaustion and that that lack of energy are. They're, they're major obstacles for you to, to feeling motivated enough to, to actually move forward and, and go do the stuff that you know you ought to be doing mm-hmm. uh, to make those goals come true. I just want so to sit on of, the couch and eat chips. I don't want to do yeah. anything. I, I feel you often very much the same way. Um, so I'm curious, you know, if, if we were to focus on, on that kind of figuring out exhaustion and maybe how to build a little more motivation for you. Like what, what's really the downside if you don't change anything, if you just stay the path where you're at, like where, what's the downside? What does life look like? It's just, my life is just really small, you know, and I, I see the potential. I see how big it could be, but if I don't do something different, it's going to be really small, which, you know, maybe that's okay, but it's not very interesting. And kind of what I'm also hearing, maybe under the surface there, is that having seen that potential being small could never actually be enough for you. I would yeah. be very disappointed. Yeah. Yeah. And so a life, life full of disappointment is, is what we're trying to avoid here. Exactly. What do you think life looks like if you do find that motivation, that energy, and you stop feeling the exhaustion? What does life look like on that side of the coin? Um, it just looks like more 
fun and it looks like, you know, having community. We talk about community all the time on this show. Um, it looks like having community and being a positive force in the world, you know, feeling like I didn't waste my time while I was here on Earth because I got out there and I did stuff and I tried things. So a couple of couple of pieces in there, not just fun, which I love that you mm -hmm. went deeper than that because it's that's a pretty generic term, but that sense of community. And I'm guessing along with that, some of the relationships and that that feeling connected to other humans. Is, yeah, is absolutely. Because because right now I don't have the energy to connect with other humans very much. Like I'm yay, I'm pro human in theory, but in practice, I'm pretty like this podcast is where I get all of my my good human contact. And then the rest of the time, I don't really want to talk to anybody. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's real. That's, that's mm -hmm. real. And, and I love also that you, you want to have a positive impact in the world. You're not just here for you. You're here for something bigger than you. Absolutely. And if you, if you overcome the obstacles, then, then that world is waiting for you out there. So, you know, I've known you for a little while, thankfully you're, you're a beloved part of my life. Mm -hmm. Um, but you still know you better than I do. And I'm really curious because we've never sat down and had kind of this type of conversation. Mm -hmm. What's the work you need to do in order to, to find that motivation to, to do this stuff, right? The, the actual executables, what's the work you need to do in order to build up enough steam to make those things start to happen? Well, that's the big question, isn't it? I mean, I know what to do. I know at least some of the answers of food and exercise and whatnot. And I'm, you know, I'm in just kind of a fuck it mindset right now. And to shift into, I guess, the vulnerability of trying again after quote unquote failing over and over. Um, to, you know, realize my full potential and, you know, live up to, you know, this life I have in my mind. You know, I don't know if the thing that's stopping me is, is I know there's fear and there's, you know, identity stuff of, you know, who am I? Am I, a per, you know, am I allowed to be that big? But I, I don't. I don't, it, I, you know, and I don't know what we can do in 15 minutes, but <laughs> that's a, that's a big one. You know, I've done work on fear and I've done work on identity and I, I haven't, I don't feel like I've cracked it yet. And you've, according to you, you've failed before over and over again. And the sensation and the worry that maybe you'll just fail again. And so why bother trying is, is one of the things, one of the pieces of work that mm -hmm. start the ball rolling for you, it sounds like. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's great. I, I, you know, as much as you started off with, I don't really know, that's a really powerful place to be to recognize that that's, that's the first work that you do. I'm curious, as, as you move into that, what role, you know, does a coach play in that for you? Because I can do a lot of different stuff, but what do you need from somebody else as a helper in order to help you start to do that work of letting go of some of that fear of failure and really start living up to yourself? Mm. Yeah. Cause that's, that was a big question for me because, you know, like the, the old adage about 
addicts can't, you know, can't change until they want to change or they can't change until they hit rock bottom, blah, blah, blah. You know, and we know that that's not exactly true. But I, I was curious from you guys as coaches, if you have been able to help people who weren't in a place where they were ready to change, because right now I haven't felt ready to change. But when you kind of flip it around and go, well, what could someone help me with? That's kind of a different, a different way of looking at it. Um, I mean, I guess I would just have to make the decision. Okay, we're do we're going again. Doesn't matter if I, you know, doesn't matter if I realize my dreams, but I'm going to begin and uh, you know have a coach to help me sort through where I'm ready to start what I'm actually ready to take on what steps I'm willing to try and then and then come up with some kind of accountability about that which makes me want to barf just thinking about it (laughs) and I I love that you're honest right like you might not be ready and you're absolutely right I I can't I can't fix you for you nope only you can do that. So I, I really appreciate that, that you're aware of that. And, and what I also hear in there is that there's a chance you might be ready. And that exploring that is probably worthwhile. And that that might be the, the coach's first role for you is to really help you decide if you're ready and to explore what's going on that might keep you from, from being ready. Yeah, that makes sense. And to, and to figure out, you know, just, you know, one small place to start and try to get some momentum. Yeah. Something bite size. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I don't, I, I think that is probably a good stopping point mm-hmm. for, for our little mini coachy call. Yeah. It um, actually feels like progress to me. Yeah, it actually yeah. does. I mean, it's see, I, it might not seem like much to, to listen to our listeners, but it actually, I feel like a tiny little window in my chest opened up to the possibilities of, okay, maybe I could go, you know, make myself go for a walk every day, which, you know, we always say we're going to do and we go do for a while and then we stop and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It's like, okay, maybe I could. And that's huge. Yeah. And what I love is like, if I, as a coach had been like, well, go for a walk every day, Kelly, you'll feel more motivated. Yeah. Wah, wah, wah. Wah, wah, Right? Like either you'll have a polarity response and you'll give me the finger like Charles is. Um, (laughs) Or you'll shut down, right? Like a lot of us have that, like, I'll just shut down and just nod my head and say, "Uh Mm uh-huh, and I'll go fail again and I'll beat myself up about it. And so you finding the answers is what opens the real window. So good work. Thank you, Tom. That was 11, that was 11 minutes of coaching. That's that's part of so a lot of what I just did is is what I do when I get my first call from somebody who doesn't know me from Adam, right? It's just that consult call to figure out are we a good match? And you know, it's really getting them to the point of asking, like, are you ready for change? You don't have to have all the right quote unquote answers. You just have to be at a point where you're willing to look at, am I ready to change? And that's, also that's you were, you were kind and empathetic. You didn't make me feel stupid. You didn't, I mean, you are like one of the most disciplined, hardworking people I've ever met in my whole life. And it would be so easy to 
you know, think that you're judging me because I'm so lazy and weak and whatever, knowing like how intense your workout schedule is and, you know, that kind of thing. And I felt nothing but compassion and nothing but care and nothing but patience for me where I am. So it's like, I didn't feel like you were trying to get me to change. Getting ready to take the brakes off, right? Yep. Yes. Getting ready to take the brakes off. That's why you made the phone call, right? At at the end of the day, like the reason you guys set up this podcast and the reason that you decided to do a role play is because you were ready for something, Mm -hmm. even if it was just an invitation. Yep. For sure. I think that's, that's powerful. So yeah. Thanks for playing in the sandbox. Thank you, Tom. Yeah, my pleasure. Ken, I'm curious what, what you observed from a different coaching perspective. No, it was a wonderful introductory meeting. Uh, what I liked is that um, two things in particular. Tom gave Kelly a lot of space. He made space for her in a, in a real way. And, and he wasn't trying to offer solutions before he diagnosed the problem. Because that's, that's often the issue, right? It's, it's symptom versus cause. You know, symptom, my nose is running, I take an allergy pill, but the cause is the silly plant that sits next to me. I could just get rid of that and the problem would be solved. And and Tom uh, did a beautiful job of helping Kelly dig a little bit. Well, tell me a little bit more about what's what's exhausting, what is exhausting about it. And, and uh, I have a sense as an initial call, there would then be an, a nice process of of taking each one of Kelly's issues, putting them on a shelf so we can stand back and take a look at them, take an inventory, if you will. Um, You know, you don't have to hit rock bottom to be well or get well or improve or anything else, right? I don't need to, um, you know, I don't need to uh, not go to the gym for six months to then be a little bit more uh, focused and intent on it now. So... I like that. There's just a lot of great space. Yeah. Kelly, I was watching your facial expressions too. Um, yeah, I know they're hearing a role play, but Tom was being Tom and Kelly was being Kelly and that matters. Yeah, for sure. I don't, I don't do fake. No, neither <laughs> one of us does. <laughs> too exhausting. Way too exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> you know? That's what my twenties was for. <laughs> All of us. <laughs> well, I just noticed the the really really basic mirroring that Tom did, which was just repeating back what Kelly said. You're really exhausted. You want to be able to do more. You're really tired. Don't know if you want to change. Um, and then he picked up on he picked up on the word exhaustion, and he picked up on the word failure. Don't want to fail again. Because Kelly repeated that a couple of times, and it's something that something that I learned mentoring boys. Like if a boy or a man that I'm mentoring or coaching says something t- two or three times, it's like, okay, mm-hmm. all right, thank you, <laughs> thank you for that. <laughs> you want to make sure that I hear that, so let me make sure that you know that I hear that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. I watch the same thing for universe lessons when something pops up three times. Like, oh, okay, okay, yeah, yeah. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's actually how I found uh, EOS was three completely unrelated people brought it up. And I thought, oh, okay. Must must be a fit. Must be something I can use to nice. help other Fantastic. Fantastic. Well, I know, Tom, you need to you need to go. Ken, can you stick around a little bit? I can stick around. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll hang out for a little bit. I okay. got maybe another another 10, 15 minutes. Oh, so I, I wanna 
Well, I, let's, I love let's see, seeing, let's see. seeing how other people do it. Too. <laughs> let's, see, let's see what Ken can do in 11 minutes. <laughs> no competition. Everybody breathe. Well, that's right. Safe place. Safe place. Safe okay. place. All right. This is Brian. You just be you. You're going to do this awesomely. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm going to hire Tom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, and I'm all nervous, too, because this is like podcast. Nobody, nobody does a podcast like this. This is totally weird and you know out there anyway so i'm i'm nervous at a at a meta level about all this so this is great we're all we're all a little nervous this is, this good. is totally how i roll i'm like yeah let's do it <laughs> <laughs> so charles you you painted a beautiful vision for what 2021 could look like for you what what do you think could possibly keep you from achieving all that you intend to achieve especially when kelly said she loved your vision. Yeah. I, I, f- I'm, I feel really plateaued right now. I f- there's a, a number of projects that I really care about. I really want to get, uh, we have a, we have a book idea that we're wanting to collaborate on and that's not going anywhere. There's a whole other podcast with, uh, Mark Green, a, you know, a man who's basically a, a role model somebody who I put up on a pedestal and, and I pitched it to him and he said, yes, let's do it. And, and then I just haven't made the moves to follow up on it. And so the question about what, what could prevent that, you know, my, my, my fear is that fear will prevent that. What happens to bring fear on? Well, it's, I mean, some of like, I think I am afraid. I think I'm afraid of being in the same um i'm afraid of being exposed i mean it's like to be to do that podcast with mark green um means you know interviewing guests who you know are people whose books i've read and who've been you know incredibly influential on me and i know that that it would that having that, having me in that podcast, having me producing it and, and doing, doing those interviews and talking with Mark, I mean, that can take me and, and my ideas and the message that I want to get across the, I don't, I don't like the word message. I don't like the word ideas, but my authentic words, the, my authentic words would have so much more play out in the world that could, that could help other people and could make a big difference. If your authentic words are out in the world making a big difference, how's that feel? I mean, it, it, I, I do feel scared. I do feel a little, a little clench in the gut um, in this moment. I know that I should feel really excited about that and feel really gratified and feel like that's like my purpose is being fulfilled. And, and, you know, maybe on a sunny day instead of the depths of winter, maybe I, maybe that's how I would feel. But right now I just feel like, Oh fuck. And it's all, I mean, it's all about that. It's like to, to do what I want to do with the speaking business means like being on stage, you know, multiple times per month and, and speaking and being seen, uh, and being listened to. And, you know, it, like all, all of that fear, like I know is crazy. Like it's objectively crazy because everything that Mark tells me, everything that the guests that we've already interviewed tell me is like just positive feedback. Like 
just welcoming, just we need more of this. Yes, please. All of the feedback I get back from the speeches, from the talks that I have given, you know, I just got a note the other day from the head of NACOG and I did a workshop for them. And it's just like this glowing review of that. And I'm like, huh, I have to integrate that. I have to believe in that. But believing in that is also a gateway to like, oh God, now I got to do more. And then I'm kind of, then I'm in, then I'm in like Kelly's, Kelly's, but like, oh God, I got to do more. There are so many shows on Netflix. There is so much junk food that's just like waiting, waiting for consumption. Um, so positive feedback comes in from the, from the efforts you've already made to get your authentic voice out there. Do you believe it? <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. I mean, I'd like to be able to say yes right away. Part of me, part of me believes it. Part of me, like the, the part of me that wants to do this in the first place. I mean, the, the part of me that's kind of, that is driven, that is ambitious, that is confident. Like the other day I went out and spent several hours making a, making a video about leadership and about um, creating leadership opportunities for students in a time of crisis. And it just, I was just sick with it. It just like I kept doing take after take after take and feeling like my words weren't coming out and that I was an asshole, that I was a fraud, that I was no good at this. And then, and then I came home and I grabbed the final take and I did like two edits on it and it was great. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was great. Yeah. It is great. Yeah. Well, Kelly just said it was great. Do you believe her? Yeah, well, you know, you guys were talking about how coaches can give you information, can tell you when your elbow is the right, you know, is, is right. the right place for the swing. And it's like, that's, you know, that's her, her job is to tell me that my swing was perfect. Um, <laughs> and, you know, and that's, that's why people need coaches. That's why people need, need you know, some outside, outside folks that are, that a, little, that a little bit easier to believe. You know, that I'll know, you know, when I have had a coach in the past, I was like, I know he's going to tell me when I'm making a mistake. And I know he's going to tell me the truth about, you know, it, it going well. But yeah, it's just really, it's hard for me to integrate. For some reason, I resist integrating the data, which mm -hmm. it just, it's just like, how could it be like, I'm just this guy, like, why? anyway, yeah. As if. Yeah. yeah um, what if you're, you're a guy like people that you've admired that have made a difference and shown up at just the right moment? Mm. Uh, what would you say to them if they say, you know, Charles, I, I know you appreciate me, but really, I mean, I'm just not that good. I'm just a guy. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah. Cause yeah. I do that all the time. Like when I used to mentor, mentor boys and, and work with male volunteers in the, in the mentoring and coaching world, that's what I was doing all the time. Like you're great. Just step up, just show up. You're Quit worrying about it. And even like, I wouldn't say this to them, but under my breath, I'm just like, you fucker, what are you doing? Trying to hold your, trying to hide your amazingness. Like quit, you know, quit putting it on me to tell you that you're awesome. Let's, let's just do this. Um, so, yeah. Do you enjoy it? Are you in joy when you're speaking and sharing yourself? Yes. <laughs> yes. Sounds like you would benefit from a good thank you exercise, mm. which uh, what I would assign you is for 30 days, every time you hear a compliment, the only thing you're allowed to reply with 
is thank you. Okay. You I'll help with that. <laughs> Pardon me? I'll help with that. You may ask a clarifying question. You may not negotiate. <laughs> thank you. Can you, can you say a little bit more about the difference between clarifying questions and, and sure. negotiations? Charles, I loved your speech. Which speech was that? Oh, the one Tuesday night when you were in front of the Rotary Club. I was in the back through my, I had to duck out, but I heard all of it. Just as you were leaving, I left as well. Thank you. You're going to feel a weird, something is going to want to come out of your voice box right after that. Vomit. <laughs> <laughs> Right, right, right. Yeah, I'm gonna wanna. I'm gonna wanna uh, say, well, it wasn't wasn't my best, or I didn't really. Yeah, I didn't really mm-hmm. feel like I hit the the three takeaways as well, or yeah, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yeah, and and listen for how they heard you, how the other mm-hmm. person. They'll quote you. They'll say maybe they'll pick up their notes and say Charles. I wrote this down because it really resonated. You said, and I appreciated that. That really helped me. You're welcome, or thank you. Okay. I mean, you know, I'm even thinking about the, you know, the 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 letter that that Terry sent from NACOG that was very, you know, like I said, a glowing review, and like I think I just have to print that out and say thank you to it <laughs> every day. Mm-hmm. It's That's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah. Tape it up over your desk. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I feel less willing to fight now. That's the result. <laughs> That's the result of my of my eleven minutes of coaching Ken. Like <laughs> I love like it. like if you know, I like was pretty attached, pretty attached to it, you know, ten minutes ago. And now I feel less willing to to fight for my right to be scared to fight for my right to be uh resistant kind of tired of that tired of tired of fighting it yeah tired of fighting your awesomeness yeah yeah. (laughs) did it feel like some weight came off your shoulders i hope (laughs) yeah yeah, well the, the feeling that i feel in my body is like um not so much weight off my shoulders is that my my chest feels like it can expand a little bit more it's more yeah. kind of a more kind of a not so much a straightening up as a like sort of a softening. Mm. That's great. What I really loved uh, watching was when when Ken asked you, "Do you believe that?" Right, and and for the audience that couldn't see it, Charles's eyes went about six directions at the same time as like all the different parts of his brain tried to tried to sort out how to get out of that answer. Right? <laughs> Am I gonna? Am I gonna tell the truth? Am I gonna lie? Am I gonna come up with a story? Am I gonna? Am I gonna? And they were just bouncing around like pinballs. And then he finally settled. And and whatever comes out of his mouth at that moment is going to be something important, right? And so what it can do, he followed up again with a very similar question about Kelly and her feedback. And do you believe that? And and that gave Charles this really great chance to kind of like re-explore without the pinball action mm. um, what was happening inside of him. And so the answer got to a whole nother level when he asked the exact same question, just for a different part of the story. So that's something that I saw that that was really, I just love watching that kind of stuff when it comes up. I didn't even know that was going on. That's awesome. 
Did you know that yeah, was going I always on, tell the story. <laughs> <laughs> that was, uh, it was a lot of fun. I enjoyed that. It's, uh, uh, you know, like I mentioned, I have now coached partnerships, but not married partners yet. So uh, another dimension to it. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're really allied. Kelly and I were very, um, very on the same page and we're on pretty different pages. You know, I'm, I'm struggling with something different than Kelly's struggling with. And, you know, she's a, she's an awesome, I mean, you, you put all kinds of energy into supporting this entrepreneurial crazy project. And I think, you know, I think if you can, just uh, let let Tom tell you since I can't tell you because it's not my job to tell you stuff. But let Tom tell you <laughs> let Tom tell you that you're already doing great. That yeah. that would be that would be good. Yeah. Well, I mean, Tom's right. right. Just, it's just, about taking just the just listen to yourself next time you talk, Kelly, and you'll mm-hmm. hear yourself saying it. Right. Mm. Right. Well, I always say that I'm I'm a, not a coach. I'm a cheerleader. You know, I'm I you know I I tell Charles some constructive criticism here and there, but for the most part, I just want to be the one who says, yeah, go baby, go, you can do it. And so I guess that's a good point to, to put into the conversation uh, for our listeners is, you know, everybody needs a cheerleader and everybody needs a coach. And maybe you hire a professional for either of those roles, or maybe you have friends who do that. And, you know, it's like just to, to kind of take stock of who is in your life doing these different things for us. You know, who is your cheerleader? Who is your coach? Who will tell you the truth? You know, that you got spinach in your teeth or, you know, you got bad breath or whatever. It's like that's really important if people will, if you have a friend or a family member who will do that for you. Also, you want somebody who will tell you you're always doing it right. You're awesome. You are amazing. We need, we need both. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And I'm much happier having you be a cheerleader than you trying to coach me. Yeah. I don't want to coach you. Cause we already raised our middle finger to Tom. I know. Right? <laughs> <laughs> but we love Tom. You're not we the first know... client to do it to me, Charles. <laughs> right, <laughs> right. It was a hypothetical middle finger. It doesn't right. hurt my feelings anymore. Okay. No, but we know Tom will tell us the truth. And that's one of the things we love about him. Is is if we if we want the real truth, we will ask Tom and he will tell us the truth. And we absolutely adore him for that. Well, no, the first thing he'll do is say, well, what do you think? Right. The truth is. Yeah. He'll try to get us <laughs> to tell ourselves the, the truth. truth. And you can put my face on it if yeah. you need to. Like, yeah, we can do it that way. Great. Great. Totally. Well, OK. We just had. We I just feel had... much better. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about you, but I feel much better. <laughs> So can can folks uh, book sessions with you guys if if they're kind of turned on by what just happened in the course of ten minutes? Absolutely. Um, I have a, a calendar link on my homepage, KenKilday.com. Great. We can so, put all that in the show notes too, so people yeah, can find any, you easily. Anyone can book a meet and greet. The link is right on the homepage. Nice. Fantastic. Similarly, here I've got. Uh, schedule a schedule a call on my on my page choicecoaching.us and yeah same thing you'll go through a similar conversation what kelly got to go through great i recommend it yeah so what would you guys if you were if you were to speak directly to the audience right now you know like what what would you want to leave them with 
for the new year, perhaps? I would say, you know, almost every business owner I know or coach or have worked with or am friends with, they're worried about one of two things. Either they're worried about getting voted off the island with two immunity idols in their pocket, or they're worried about losing their entire hand in the first bet. And so they're feeling a little frozen. And um, in the history of, of successful life and business, standing still and waiting has never been a great solution. So whether it's, it's baby steps or big steps, get yourself together and decide what you're going to do. Okay. Do something. Move. Um, I think the, especially this time of year, and I just put out a video recently about this. It's like new year's resolutions, right? Like let's all continue to make those, but let's do it in a way that's actually meaningful. Let's stop. Let's stop trying basic behavior modification. Right? Like that stuff rarely creates sustained lasting effect. Like start as, as Ken spoke to earlier, start going after the cause, not the symptom. Take the plant away from your desk. Don't keep taking the allergy pill because the diet is the, is it's the allergy pill. Um, there's a reason you don't diet. There's a reason you don't do X, Y, Z, those things that you all know you can do and should do in order to get the results you want. And if you go towards the cause, you'll get way better results. And of course, I think having a helper of some kind, whether that's a coach, a therapist, a best friend who you can get real with, or a podcast audience who's willing to, to, to be with you without a net, yes. um, you know, bring somebody along for the ride because they can tell you when your elbow's in the wrong spot. And that's incredibly valuable as you go through that, that change process and the change is worthwhile. It's, it's your life in the line here. We cannot observe our own elbows. Mm -mm. Or kiss them. <laughs> Everybody has to try immediately. Oh, podcast audience, I wish you could have Love seen it. everybody trying to kiss their own elbows on Zoom. All right. Thank you so much, Ken Kilday and Tom Check, for uh, being coaches and, and friends. And we just wish uh, the best year for the two of you and for all the clients and people that you interact with. It can't, it can't be like 2020. It won't be like it. It <sighs> could be something else. Um, thanks so much for having me. Uh, Ken, it's so great to meet you. It's, it's really fun to, to, to play in the sandbox with another professional who's, who's working with people. So thanks for that. Kelly, take a peek out the window. See what you see. And Charles, you fucker, stop holding <laughs> yourself back. Let it out. Rawr. Rawr. <laughs> all right. love I love it. you all. Love, love you, Tom. Good night. Thanks for having me. Nice to uh, meet you all in a Zoom room. <laughs> it was wonderful indeed, Ken. Thank you so much for being with us and, and trusting us enough to, to play. Absolutely. Fantastic. So since we had our coaching sessions a few days ago, we have done what? Well, you know what? I woke up literally the morning after recording this episode and realized that I had just allowed this dumb logistical problem to keep me from working on the book. And, you know, it wasn't like I was responding directly to what Ken said or like, oh, Ken said I should, you know, <laughs> believe in myself so I should work on the book. And I like woke up with this big With an answer. With an answer. Like, oh, I don't need to do it that way. I can do it this way and it's way easier and everything uh, will be simpler and cleared it up in 15 minutes and now I'm halfway through 
adding content to the book mock-up. So I'm really excited about that. Yeah. Yeah. I really want to get that book done. I will get that book done. We're doing it. We're doing it. And I also, as promised, printed out the glowing testimonial letter from NACOG, and it's now taped to my computer monitor, which forces me to look at it several times a day. And how did that make you feel? I'm still struggling to integrate the words like excellence and uh, we learned a lot and we want to work with you more and we'll refer you to other people who could use this kind of you know professional team building all that stuff remains hard for me to believe even mm. though objectively I know there's no reason for her to write that letter mm-hmm. if she didn't believe all right. those things why would she why would she she could have just said thank you yeah and that would have been buzz off Great. So I haven't really noticed a shift yet. It's only been a few days, uh, but I suspect that there is some integration happening below the surface. That's been my experience in the past is that nothing changes for months. And then I look back and realize that everything has changed. Mm, Yeah. But mostly I'm just really feeling amazed and so grateful that an 11 minute conversation with Ken unblocked me. Yeah. Like it did and freed up some, some energy and some movement. It's amazing. amazing. Yeah. Yeah, really good. Yeah. What about you? Um, well, I haven't spent any more time on the couch than usual. Okay, that's not, good. Not much more. It is the holidays. I ate a lot of candy while we were building the gingerbread house, and now we're eating the gingerbread house. But I'm, you know, in rest and indulge mode at the moment, which I think is appropriate. But I'm curious what I'll decide in a week or so. I know I want to be more effective at my day job and do more to help you with the podcast and other enterprises. And in order to do those things, I need more energy and a clear head. So something has to change, but I'm going to have to go back and listen to my 11 minutes with Tom every couple of days to stay connected to the possibility of change, because that's one of the big things I got from my session. I went in with very little confidence that anything would change for me. And I came away with a sense that change was really possible. And then I might want to engage in some changing, you know, behaviors at some point. I was also really reminded about how we can help each other just by listening and empathizing and not pushing. Talk about that all the time, but man, it's just true how a good coach or a good friend can help us see what we're really dealing with and plan accordingly. Uh, If we're not moving in the direction of our goals, there's a good chance it's because of fear on some level. And, you know, those old school shouty coaches can maybe get us moving, but it doesn't seem like it's that kind of approach is good for, you know, lasting change that the compassion and listening allows us to really open and, you know, get past the stuff so that we can make some real change slowly over time. Right. So the old, as you say, the old school shouty coach might get might get you moving right but i don't i think that's short-lived yeah i strongly believe that intrinsic motivation that comes from within Mm -hmm. and that is rooted to our own authenticity and our own authentic wants is really as you say sustainable and lasting Mm -hmm. and usually when somebody shouts at me i am working on sort of extrinsic motivation or maybe the intrinsic motivation just adrenaline just just make them shut up stop yelling at me exactly and dear listeners dear audience you know i hope that kelly and i kind of rambling along like this and really unpacking what this episode meant to us 
is useful for you. One of the things that we've kind of, not kind of, that I've strongly come to realize just in the last couple of weeks is that what this podcast ends up being about, kind of no matter what, no matter who we interview, no matter what their story is, this podcast ends up being about Charles and Kelly learning and growing in front of you all in real time. Mm-hmm. I learn with my mouth open. So even oh, yeah, me pod- too. Yep. Even if, even if it's a podcast where we're not interviewing anybody and we're just trying to share our vision and our ideas with you all, I end up learning and growing in that process. Amen. Yep. And then there are the, the times when almost, almost every other podcast somebody cries a little bit. Oh yeah. Somebody at least tears up. We get verklempt. Yeah. And sometimes it's Kelly and sometimes it's me and sometimes it's the guest and sometimes it's all of us. Yeah. So we assume that those of you who are listening to this podcast, that you are here for that, that you get to, that you enjoy watching, listening to Kelly and I grow and change and struggle and flail about a little bit. So, and and hopefully you imagine yourself as a, you know sort of a, a toga clad patrician in Rome. You've got a wreath of ivy or olive branches or gold around your head, and you're up in the stands watching Kelly and I kind of uh, muck around about down in the dust. And if that's the case, that's great. That's great. We're happy to be here for that. And maybe you imagine yourself down in the dust with us, and that's fine, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because we want your company. <laughs> Please don't make us do it all alone. All right, right. Apparently, apparently, it works for us to do it in front of other folks. Yeah, we're exhibitionists, and that's okay. 100%. Community is critical. Yeah. Yeah. And what we got coming up for you next Good week stuff. is the interview with Kate Christensen, the author Kate Christensen, author of seven novels, two memoirs, including the memoir, How to Cook a Moose. And she's a kind of a friend and acquaintance who grew up in the same tiny town that Kelly and I did in Jerome. So there's definitely a lot of old home week stuff. Do you remember that person? Do you remember that person? Did you live there? And I don't know how much of that's going to make it into the podcast, but we had a wonderful time with that. What we do get into a lot with Kate is the power of writing, the power of memory, mm. um, the, the power of food, the power of food. She's a she's a food writer for sure, and Kate is very open and vulnerable about some of the uh, abuse and and neglect that she suffered growing up and being a teen, and how that shaped her life and how she's moved past it. So it's a it's a fascinating interview. It went places that we didn't expect it to go. And I think Kate got a ton out of it. Uh, we got a ton out of it. Just a, mm. another typical another yeah. typical episode. People yep, we fell our, in love. Fell in love with our, with our guest and flailed yeah. around down in the dust in the arena trying to figure stuff out. So mm-hmm. if you are here for what you just listened to, you should definitely be there for Kate's episode. Definitely. And share it with a friend. Yes. And if you find this podcast you know, helpful or valuable to you, would you consider leaving a testimonial comment or review through Podchaser? It's going to help other people find this podcast. Share it with somebody else. Leave a testimonial. Go to podchaser.com slash here together to leave a five-star rating. Let's get more people involved in this community. Let's get more people in the stands or down in the dust. So follow us on Instagram at Rockefeller one Join us in the Here Together Community Lab on Facebook if you want to contribute to the conversation. Meet other like-minded hotties and stay connected to these ideas. 
This is Charles Matthews and Kelly Robert wishing you the change you wish to be in the world. We love you. We love you. The Here Together podcast is a project of Rocket Feather Create. Yeah.